Thank you for downloading the very first episode of the Mindful Rebel podcast. My name is Sean Moore, and I'm the host and creator of the show. In addition, I'm a student affairs professional, a PhD student, and a graphic designer, among many other things. But most importantly, I consider myself a student of leadership. This is a new project for me, a new endeavor, and a creative child in many ways. The podcast is designed to focus on everyday leadership. Will we talk about leadership theory outright? Most of the time, no. But that doesn't mean that the leadership journeys shared are any less impactful or less critical around discussions of leadership. This is a working project, and I am continuing to grow with the podcast. In the process, there has been many growing pains, but those pains mark progress. The quality will continue to grow, the interviews will continue to evolve, and the style of the podcast will continue to expand. This podcast is geared towards anyone else who considers themselves a student of leadership. As I share my guests' leadership journeys as a listener, learn from their messages, learn about their impact in their respective communities, and support their growth. But also, as a listener, share your thoughts and provide feedback, whether that's around the content of the podcast, potential topics, or guests, or the style of the podcast in general. My favorite quote on leadership is one from John Buchanan, which states, The task of leadership is not to put greatness into humanity, but to elicit it, for the greatness is already there. It sums up my purpose around the podcast. Please enjoy the first episode with Chana Lawson, recorded at Atlanta, Georgia's 2016 Dragon Con convention. Where are you in your leadership journey? Designed to inspire and empower other ambitious individuals, the Mindful Rebel podcast series is designed to bring attention to grassroots leaders in our community and focus on where they are currently in their leadership journey. The podcast will share the advice of doers and thinkers demonstrating success in life and in their respective areas of impact. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel podcast, a podcast about journeys in leadership. In this episode, we'll talk to Chana Lawson, one of the founders and planning committee members of BlurredCon. Welcome, Chana. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So tell me about BlurredCon and a little bit about the importance of starting a convention of its type. Well, BlurCon is definitely the first of its kind in the sense that it will be focusing on representation of people of color in anime, comics, um, as well as fantasy and sci-fi. We will also be focusing on the intersections of other underrepresented populations, including women, LGBTQ, international, and the disabled communities. So we've pretty much thought it was important to assert the positive, represent, positive representation of those areas. Not only that, but also address issues in the geek community that are affecting them both good and bad. What has been a, like a defining moment you've experienced that really made you say like, you know what, this is the time to start a convention of this nature? I think that one of the biggest things that was striking to me, because mm -hmm. I actually conceptualized a convention like this in my mind before I even met the other committee members and one of the things that I noticed when I would go on the mainstream cosplay groups and geek related groups is that they were overwhelmingly white and that kind of um, not struck a nerve but I thought it was concerning especially because you basically I realized that the cosplay world was almost segregated. You have these groups that are focused on people of color and then the mainstream groups are typically very white. And I just thought that there had to be some way to bring together like-minded people who are there to support diversity. And um, also, I think that there are many 
blurs out there in the world, but we're just so dispersed that we don't get the chance to interact with each other unless we're in a forum like a HBCU or Dragon Con or something like that. So this will specifically allow that space, but that safe space that normally we don't get afforded in the real world. So thinking about pop culture, comics, sci-fi, why is representation so important? Oh my goodness. I think it's incredibly important. I mean, you could talk about how studies have shown how the media affects children's perceptions even more than their own parents do. So I think that that's crucial. And you can even see it in the backlash that, say, they got from the possibility of Zendaya becoming Mary Jane in the new Spider-Man, where Jamie Foxx played the villain in the last Spider-Man and nobody really seemed to bat an eye. So it's kind of like, as long as we cater to the stereotypes, everyone's fine with it. But it's in those moments we defy stereotypes that we become a problem and a threat. And that's been, that's historical. So the geek community, unfortunately, is no different. And I think you brought up Zendaya, and I was going to definitely bring that up and talk to you about that because that's been, you know, lighting up the internet on such a controversy around iconic characters such as Mary Jane um, to be played by a person of color. Um, and it, even thinking about, you know, Ironheart coming out soon to replace um, Iron Man and thinking about how right now, even this year, you know, Black Panther is like a household name now when in, a few years ago it wasn't necessarily that. Um, what do you see in the next few years of like that growth and development for for representation for people of color or other uh, marginalized communities? I think it'll be much more profound. I think that now it's much more profound than it was, say, five, ten years ago. And then in the next five or ten years, it will be even more profound. And especially with Black Panther, like people are literally waiting on that movie. And it's two, it's like two years away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I just, I, I'm so excited. I can't even, it's hard for me to even put into words where I see things going because I didn't even think that I would get this far this quickly. So it's just been a wonderful ride. And I'm just so excited to bring everybody in on this. I really am. So you talked a little bit about uh, representation and cosplay as well. Why is why is cosplay so important? Or like for someone who's not interested in cosplay or kind of look at, you know, you have people walking down the street kind of wondering, you know, what's going on at the convention? All right. Well, cosplay in essence is, it can be a variety of things. You can go as small. I'll, I'll take from Maki Roll because she summed it up perfectly. Maki Roll said that you can go as small as just dressing up as the character or you can go as big as actually embodying the character, playing the role. I mean, people like go hard and don't break character no matter what. I've, I've seen so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just really amazing and I think that it gives people that opportunity to embrace another side of themselves that normally isn't permissible until say Halloween you know or in theater things like that but you don't have to literally anybody can do it you don't need a certain set of credentials you don't need to fit a certain mold or a certain body type you just do it so with that, it takes a certain level of confidence to pull off cosplay. Like I think that that definitely is very important, not only um, to assert the fact that there are black nerds, that we're here and that we matter, but also the body positive aspect of it as well. And I think that that's something that has been very unfortunate in the media, is um, especially when you see white bodies with black features, they tend to be celebrated, where black bodies with stereotypical black features tend to get shamed or called ghetto and other other things like that but even for me it was really hard to 
start cosplaying because of my own self-consciousness about my body but having been to a convention and seeing people who were just so out there and so confident it really inspired me it really and I mean people of all races it just truly inspired me and I think that that's what makes cosplay so important to everyone especially people of color so you tapped on the next question I wanted to talk to you about is it, is who inspires you you know whether that's a, a person in your life whether that's someone that you've read about talked to or anything who inspires you to do what you do Oh man so I first started doing heroes I started watching heroes of cosplay on sci-fi and I really became intrigued in the lifestyle at that point but of course seeing the, the best of the best on the TV screen I'm like I can't do this I don't have the money I don't have the time for this the sponsors so I guess what really inspired me was once I got into the people of color cosplay world like I started following POC cosplayers black girls are kawaii um, blurs, all of these various groups on social media and seeing them do it people who have done it like Maki Rose been a cosplayer for 10 years I can't even imagine you know like being 10 years in the game so seeing people like that is just truly inspire me um, what's been your biggest challenge that you face in the creation and kind of implementation of blurred con I think the biggest problem which we've kind of gotten through was finding the venue and actually booking it, getting the the sponsorship that we needed to put forth that money in order to get that access and get that contract. So that was really a big um, a big challenge for us. But now the biggest challenge is our marketing and our reach, which isn't too bad. People see the name and automatically jump at it. Where other people, there's like a there's a not a, necessarily a language barrier, but I guess a, um, a context barrier. So, but once you explain it to them, most people are very receptive literally, to it. Right. Yeah, literally very receptive to it. But um, an, a, a challenge that I witnessed was that a lot of people, especially people who are non-black, felt deterred from the event. And I thought that that was very unfortunate because you have cultural events such as Katsukon and Otakon that are specifically catered to Asian cultures and people go there without even batting an eye but there's this hesitantness and there's this almost segregated mentality that that's for black people so I can't do that. And that's that's really what the barrier that we're trying to break down. Are you guys doing anything different with your marketing to kind of tackle that issue? Or is that something that you're going to look at a little bit later down the line? Um, we have already actually tackled it. We have coined the term exclusively inclusive. So that is pretty much what we are running on and that we acknowledge intersectionality and that you don't have to like you don't have to be. It's just like the civil rights movement in essence. You don't have to be a black person to support pro-blackness and to support, you know, black excellence. So that's pretty much what we're trying, the message that we're trying to get out. Cool. And so looking at like 10, 20 years down the line, where do you see BlurredCon? Oh man, I hope if it's half as big as DragonCon, it will probably bring tears to my eyes. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it's being here was so hard for me to imagine. I mean, I imagined it five, ten years down the road. I didn't imagine it one year after cosplaying. So I just see it going really far. It's a possibility that it could jump from one city to the next, or we might just keep it in D.C. and use it to help rebuild the city and help re help keep Chocolate City alive. So that's I, I'm, I just have such high hopes, and I'm really excited.
So we're going to shift to a few rapid fire questions. Um, what's been your favorite cosplay experience? Oh man, I would say this. That's so hard to decipher. Um, I think one of the best cosplay experiences I had was at Otakon, and I ran into a guy when I was cosplaying as Princess Mononoke, and Princess Mononoke was literally his favorite movie of all time. And he was just so in love with the costume and everything, took pictures and all of that. And at the end, he asked me for a hug. And I thought about it, my first reaction was, I don't know you, you know, but then I thought about it, I'm like, wow, like this really means the world. Me cosplaying and him being a person of color, me being a person of color, that meant the world to him. Like, and I gave him the hug because it was not that I owed it to him, but I just felt so compelled to give him that piece of, of love to let him know that this is why I did it. I did this for you and people like you. Do you prefer reading books or watching movies? <laughs> reading books. Uh, name an object that best represents your personality. An object that best represents my personality? A book? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So with that, what's a book that you would like turned into a movie? Oh, man. Um, maybe The Souls of Black Folk. Look that up. Yeah. Uh, are you superstitious? A little bit. I'm not. I, I, I'm. I believe in the power of prayer, but I definitely don't take my chances on breaking mirrors and spilling salt. Okay. <laughs> so it's levels to it. <laughs> What's your worst fear? Um, phobia-wise, roaches. I think. Other than that, yeah, I can't stand roaches, and my biggest fear is just disappointing people I love. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and lastly, um, what would you like to be known for? No, this is a loaded know, one. This heavy. is a loaded one. <laughs> Honestly, um, me being known for anything doesn't matter so much to me as the legacy that I leave behind. Like when I think of figures like Dorothy Height, Dorothy Height isn't necessarily a household name. But you know the National Council for Negro Women. Mary McLeod Bethune isn't a household name, but you know the National Council of Negro Women. So it's like my hope is that I leave something concrete and something solid that will make the world a better place, especially for marginalized people. That's, I've always been a champion of the underdog, and I plan to stay that way. Amazing. Well, Chana, thank you for taking time out of your DragonCon experience. I know there's so much going on this weekend. Um, for more information on BlurCon, please go to BlurredCon.com. That's B-L-E-R-D-C-O-N.com. More information will be posted uh, under the podcast if you'd like to learn more about the con. Uh, thanks for listening to Mindful Rebel Podcast. Stay tuned for our next exciting episode. Stay connected on your leadership journey with the Mindful Rebel podcast by visiting themindfulrebel.co, following the show on Instagram at Mindful Rebel Podcast, and subscribing to the Mindful Rebel on the iTunes podcast app. Remember, the podcast is for you, so if you have questions about leadership that you want to hear discussed or you're interested in contributing to the show, feel free to share at themindfulrebel.co.